This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So it's time to go back to our roots. There's a lot going on with the stock market, keeps hitting record highs. The growth area is seemingly untouchable. So it's a good time to get a little outside advice as a reminder about why we're value investors. So I got out one of my favorite value investing books, and this one is called The Little Book of Value Investing, and it's by Christopher Brown. You might have seen this a number of years ago at the bookstores, if you've been in one of those lately. It's the little green book, and it's just filled with investing advice, and it's easy and kind of a quick read. So I took a look at it again, and you know the book really gives a lot of great advice to value investors, like the basics. So I narrowed down a lot of things in the book to basically what are the five keys you should know to being a great value investor. Um, And these are kind of a reminder of what the real bread and butter is of value investing. Because again, like sometimes we just need to be reminded of this. And if Warren Buffett, you know, our fearless leader basically is not on TV to give us his kind of folksy way of putting it all simple and plain out there, then we need to look at other places. So this book is a good resource. So again, the the book's called The Little Book of Value Investing, and it's by Christopher Brown, and his last name is actually spelled B-R-O-W-N with an E at the end there. So you can uh, pick that up on Amazon still because it's nothing is out of date in the book, even though it's a number of years old. So let's jump right into it. The first key that you should know is, and this is an obvious one, buy stocks on sale. This is easy to forget, especially when we're having stocks soaring. So stocks, I've often said, are the only thing that people don't like to buy when they sell off or they go on sale. Like, we'll buy anything else if it's marked down. Like, let's be frank. So just even over the weekend, I was in the supermarket and I saw some fish that I normally buy, you know, the frozen ones. And it's normally $10.99, but uh, they had it on sale for $7.99 and it rarely goes on sale. So I did like stop my cart in the aisle when I saw a little yellow sticker, like, wait, th- that fish is on sale. And I didn't need it but I know I can eat it later because it's frozen. And I was like, oh, that's a good deal. It's you know, basically 30% off, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. And so I did. But with stocks, we don't do that. Um, even if it's a deal like that, we run away. We, we don't run towards it. We get too scared and we think everyone else is running away. I should too. So even some examples currently that people are running away from is General Electric, right? It just recently hit four-year lows. Everybody's really down on GE. Um, you know, it's just, it's not good. The sentiment isn't good. And then look at Macy's. I've talked about them in the past. I think the shares are at like nine-year lows now. They're reporting this week. So we're going to find out a little bit more what's going on with them. But investors are literally like fleeing out of that stock. Like you can see them like running away just on the trade every day. So you have to have some strong guts to get in there and buy when these things go on sale. And um, you've got to believe that you're buying a business for less than what it's worth. So that's the first key. Uh, The second key is kind of uh, Mr. Buffett's rule that we always hear, and it's a, a mixture of how to follow this. So his always... His first rule of investing always was, you know, don't lose money. And then the second rule, 
refer to rule number one. So keeping that in mind, um, his mentor, Benjamin Graham, who is the father of value investing, or at least that's what he's called by a lot of people, had a rule for buying stocks. He wanted to buy stocks selling at two thirds or less of their intrinsic value. Because if he bought it that much cheaper than what its value was, that gave him a margin of safety in case something went wrong. Um, And he also said to be aware of the debt levels. Companies with a lot of debt have trouble weathering any kind of economic storm, any kind of recession or other economic hiccup. They have trouble weathering, you know, hurricanes Harvey and Irma, a blizzard. You know, that's when you get the complaints in the earnings report like, oh, we had to shut down for three days because they they really don't have the economic firepower behind the wall, so to speak, to weather even just these small little things. So be aware of the debt levels. Also remember that diversification is important in your portfolio. So currently, if you owned half of your portfolio in the retailers, because you've just always loved the retailers, you're pretty much feeling a world of pain right now. Like it doesn't matter which retailer you're in, even the good ones are down significantly. I'm not including Amazon in there, but let's just say you owned Amazon and then you owned five to 10 other retailers, and this was your portfolio, even with the Amazon outperformance, you're feeling a world of pain. So don't um, over stack your portfolio with you know one or two industries, because when that industry is up, everything seems good. When that industry goes down, the whole thing goes down. It seems so obvious, but so many people make that mistake. And I really fear people are making it right now. So they're in several semiconductor stocks. Well, that story is good right now, but it eventually won't be. And then they're in, you know, numerous of social media. Again, same similar story. Maybe they're in more than one entertainment stock. Maybe they own more than one airline. And this is why I was kind of negative on Warren Buffett's buys recently when he bought three different airlines. Why? Why didn't he need three of them? He doesn't. So (laughs) don't be like that. Be a little more diverse. And then forget the noise swirling around. Um, If they're cheap, you buy them. And as long as you're, and I'm going to get to this, checking out fundamentals and other things, but there's always going to be a ton of noise. So right now you can be on social media, on stock twits or Twitter, talking about Macy's, which I do often. (laughs) And all you're going to hear is it's doomed. It's going under. Anyone who buys this is, is an idiot. You're all clueless. It's like endless noise about retail. This is similar to what we saw last year and even part of this year about energy that was the same thing, like big oil, it's all going under, all these energy companies won't exist. Well, they're still here and things are improving for them. So you really have to kind of tune it all out. Then the third thing that also seems real obvious, this is the third key, is to buy the earnings. We talk about it a lot on the Value Investor Podcast, but people forget When you're buying a stock with a low PE, you're buying it with the earnings on sale. That's why we're getting the low PE, and that's why we use the PE ratio to find our stocks. We're paying less for the actual earnings. Growth investors don't care what they pay for the earnings, um, but history has shown it does matter over long periods of time. So if you are um, a long-term investor, that's why the value strategy has worked so well because we're getting it on sale again. Get those earnings on sale. And number four key is to buy when the insiders buy. I've also talked about this 
And I've done several podcasts now where the insiders were buying in different industries. I did one on energy and I did one on retail. And as soon as the earnings season winds down, I'll be looking at it again because several months ago, the insiders were buying in droves in the energy stocks. That's when I did that big podcast that covered it was something like 20 energy companies where they were buying, where they weren't buying. And I reminded people that if the stock is 50 or 60% off its highs or you know even more than that, and the business is still doing well, why wouldn't the insiders buy it? Like they know their business better than anyone else. And so for the companies where they are diving in and those energy companies last spring and summer where a ton of them were diving in, I encourage you to go back and kind of look at what those stocks are doing now, how they have reported earnings since then, what they see their outlook for 2018. And I think you'll find a correlation there that those Companies with the insider buying actually are looking pretty good here now that the oil price is recovering some. So I I would say the same thing about the retailers. Where are the insiders buying? If you're at multi-multi-year lows, in some cases, 20-year lows, if you think your company is surviving this and going to thrive, you're buying there. So that's something I definitely look at and value investors should too. And then the fifth key is that you have to dig deeper into fundamentals. So as I have already talked about, debt will tell you part of the story. You need to look at that. You need um, to look for other like key indicators that maybe something isn't all that it appears look for fraud stories, or as I like to call it, the New York Times cover page syndrome. This is when companies on the front page of the New York Times or say the Wall Street Journal or you know a major newspaper in some kind of scandal. So a couple of years ago, Valiant got on the cover of New York Times with the DOJ investigation and all of that. And it's been down, down, down for the stock ever since. It was That was simply too much noise and you shouldn't ignore it. Currently right now, we have the GE thing with the banning of the corporate jets and all of that coming out. It's not as bad as like being under investigation by the DOJ or some other government entity, but they're still on the cover and front pages of the newspapers for something that's not really business related in that sense. It's not about the business, but it's about the culture of the company. And that does say something about the business. So I try to stay away if I see if I own the stock and then it's on the cover of some kind of major magazine or newspaper like this for something that's not so good, um, you might want to double think owning that company. Um, Be sure to check earnings to avoid a value trap. That's key in looking at the fundamentals. Are earnings expected to rise next year? Are they going in the right direction? The Zach's Rank makes it really easy to check that. Um, Actually, the, the book of value investing actually cites Zax.com as a good source of looking at rising earnings estimates. And you can also find out if insiders are buying on our site too. You can screen for all this. So use these tools at your disposal because it makes it so much easier. So you don't have to sit around going like, gee, I wonder if the earnings are rising. Where do I get that info? You can use the rank and look at those estimates. You know, the one means that they're probably rising. The analysts are bullish and are revising those estimates higher. So head towards those stocks. Also, look at some other things that are fundamental in the company's industry. What happens if labor costs skyrocket? What 
will the earnings be like if we have to pay a lot more for our employees? Things like that. And then one other final piece of advice, which isn't really a key, but I do bring it up a lot on the podcast, is to have patience because value stocks don't turn around overnight. I've been talking about the energy stocks for probably a year and a half at least on this show and on the Market Edge podcast. And I would, I, I did think they would have turned by now. This is really long in a typical energy cycle to still see um, the stocks down in the dumps and earnings down in the dumps. But it does look like we're starting to finally see the turn. And most investors have abandoned the energy stocks still. They're still out of them. But value investors, you kind of got to stick your course and you have to have the patience to wait it out. So I looked for a bunch of the things in these keys that I just talked about. And when I was screening for value stocks this week, I looked for Zach's rank of one or two and uh, because I wanted those rising earnings estimates. And I also looked for earnings growth this week um, because, you know, we still want growth even if we're value investors. So that's another good indicator. And I got 29 stocks when I screened for that. And actually, I think they were all number ones this time. So 29 number one stocks. What was in this group of value stocks? A lot of foreign companies that does sometimes happen. And, you know, the global economy is improving. So the foreign companies are looking better here and they're mainly being ignored by U.S. investors, unless they're Chinese fang stocks, which U.S. investors are getting into. But everything else pretty much is being ignored internationally. But I kind of stayed away from those for this week myself. I might do another show on like, you know, some values in the international space. But this week, I picked out three that are uh, U.S. companies that are also values right now and that are number one ranks. So let me cover those. The first one is United Rentals. The ticker is URI. I'm not sure I've talked about this one for a while. I own this in my personal portfolio. Used to be in the value investor. It's very cyclical. It got hammered hard when the energy industry um, saw its downturn. So... The shares plunged over the last two years, but they're back now because they are the largest rental equipment maker in the United States and Canada. And so tons of industries use their equipment. The energy side, because they provide a lot to the drilling and pumping area, that is just about 5% of the revenue. But a lot of their other equipment is used in construction, especially for big construction projects like subways and things like that, and like hotels and casinos and all of that stuff. So with the U.S. economy coming back, and they've said Canada has really started to rebound now, probably because energy is starting to come back. This company looks good. Their PE is 14.1. They're expected to grow earnings 21% this year, 17% next year. They don't pay a dividend. I think they've been buying back shares, actually, with some of their cash flow. Their utilization rates on their rental equipment is high, And all those metrics look good going into 2018 because that's a key metric for these rental equipment companies is to keep utilization rates high. So United Rentals, kind of an interesting play on the comeback of the U.S. economy. Shares are at new highs. So when you go to look at it, you might be like, no, Tracy, I can't do that. Like they're at highs, but the story's real good here. And the shares are still cheap with this earnings growth. So that's United Rentals. Second stock is one I've talked about in the past, but it continues to be cheap even after its earnings report, and that's Western Digital. WDC is the ticker. 
It's really out of favor, but it's the storage guys. Their PE is just 6.7, so super cheap. They're expected to grow earnings this fiscal year, so they just reported the second quarter. So they got two more quarters to go, 42% gain this year, but a decline in fiscal 2019, which won't be you know until next summer, basically, of 8%. So watching that, I don't, I'm not super uh, excited about seeing that decline going forward, but they are really cheap right now. And that looks pretty interesting too. And then the third stock is Pilgrim's Pride, the largest chicken producer in the US. They just reported this ticker is PPC. And they saw robust business in the US and Mexico performed better than expected. Now they've been doing a lot of the um, packaged goods in addition to the, the chicken. They've been buying a lot of companies that um, have the the kind of uh, frozen food dishes when you go into the supermarket. And so they just closed on this other one, this Moy Park, I think it's called. And this is in Europe. So they see that as really expanding their European business. Earnings expected to grow 49% this year and another almost 8% next year. That's pretty strong with a PE of 116 no um, dividend with them either. But Pilgrim's Pride, I, I wouldn't have thought to think of looking at these chicken producers. And this is one you might want to consider. So there's three value stocks that fit within our parameters. You need to look at the fundamentals. Again, like I said, one of the keys is to check the fundamentals on these. Do any of them have any stories on the front page? Bad ones of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. That's one thing you might want to check on. But listen in on their conference calls, like I say every week. I know I sound like a broken record, but conference calls do reveal a lot about what's going on in a company that the press release, people just talking on Twitter or stock twits, that doesn't always tell you the full picture, but conference calls can or investor presentations that they release like in forms of slides and things that you can download PDFs on their on their website. You might want to check those out too. So let's just recap the stocks. United Rentals is URI, Western Digital is WDC, and Pilgrim's Pride is PPC. And remember, there's these five keys to investing, buy stocks on sale, Remember the first rule investing, don't lose money. And the second rule, refer to rule number one. The third one is buy the earnings. The fourth is buy when insiders buy. And then the fifth is to dig deeper into those fundamentals. So let us all keep this in mind while we're looking for stocks to add to our portfolio. And when we're analyzing our current portfolio um, of value stocks. So remember, you can always get all of our old shows on SoundCloud. And also on iTunes, we have a standalone show now on iTunes that's just the Value Investor Podcast, so you can subscribe there. Or you can get both of the podcasts I do, which is the Market Edge and the Value Investor, also on iTunes. You can subscribe to those under the Market Edge as that owns standalone and get both of them. So either way, you're getting us and you can get both the shows on SoundCloud as well under the Market Edge name over there. So we're at pretty many places. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I'll be back next week with some more value stocks.